Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Temujin, an audio drama. Act 4. After almost a decade, all the pieces were finally in place. The place in question, my flourishing empire in the Horkhanag Valley, not far from the Onan River and my beloved forest. Fertile land stretched from farther than the eye could make up. And people, a united herd the likes of which the steppes had never seen before. Each day we grew in strength and numbers. While we had capable warriors on average, my work courting white-boned aristocrats had not gone to waste. There was now powerful blood in my camp, my blood chiefest among them. Temujin and his family rode at the front of my train, by my side. I saw immediately to his comfort the finest gears for his wife and his mother, and their very own herding animal. Within five minutes of stepping foot on my camp, I had given him everything he ever wanted. And it was a trifle. This is more than we can repay, Hichamuk. Is that why you're looking so distressed? Distressed? I'll never have to hunt for a meal again. If anything, you'll finally get to enjoy the sport of it. (laughs) Like you always have. I've never had anything quite like this. No one ever has. And we've only just begun. (laughs) Is that the plan, then? An empire to surpass Attila? Attila was short-sighted. Brilliant conqueror, yes, but his empire fell victim to its own size. Domesticated by its own subjects chewing away at itself from the outside in. This is quite different. There are countless ways for an empire to fall apart, but only so many ways to hold one together. Huh. What's yours? The beating heart of Mongol tradition. There'll be no degradation or decay here, no unwanted change. We will force the world to adapt to us. Not the other way around. I can't say I know much about Mongol tradition. Let me teach you. (laughs) Another lesson. I'm not sure what good it would do a scavenger. You are the sworn brother to the most powerful tribal leader on the steppes. Pretty important person to impress. Which is why it worries me that you still look so uneasy. Is it really that obvious? 
maybe to the people who know you. Have you been speaking with your wife? Nothing more than small talk. Oh. Is this about the child? Maybe. I don't know. Yes. Do you love her? Yes. With all my heart, yes. But I know how seriously people take family lineage. What people? Everyone. All my life, that's the reason I've been tossed around. Son of the wrong father. And this child, maybe it's mine. I've considered that. It's possible. Or it could be the child of some low-life Merkit raider. Just as likely. How could I put anyone else through that? Least of all, Borte. What does she think? She said she'll hear my decision. What are you leaning towards? I don't know. What do you think, Jamuk? As I understand it, you want what's best for this child. Yes or no? Yes. You're right to consider family lineage. Here's your first lesson in Mongol tradition. Lineage is everything. My empire has been built on white-boned men and women whose influence alone has rendered us almost invincible. Remember, if you're playing to win... Bring your best pieces, I remember. I also remember what you told me to do with the rest. Your child will be nothing like the rest. What? So long as your family remains in my camp, you will be treated like the nobility you've always been. As my brother, you would be white-boned, and any child of yours would be raised and regarded as a high aristocrat. And if it isn't my child? If you say it is, no one would challenge you. But would they believe me? Who cares? As a man of power, my right-hand man, you could tell people that night is day and they'd adjust their hours accordingly. Did you just offer me a position? Do you accept? <laughs> I'm running out of ways to thank you. You'll never have to again. I left my new right-hand man to commiserate with his bride. And before you chime in about where I was or where I wasn't, understand that this was my camp. In this place I had a hundred eyes, a hundred years, trained on my singular curiosity. So it was, hidden, I observed. I'm sorry. So we're on speaking terms now. I don't know what to say. I left you alone. I look after myself well enough, thanks. You have every right to be upset. Why would I be upset? You all but abandoned your pregnant, recently kidnapped wife to have a good hard think. Doesn't bode well for me as a father, does it? Father? So you're sure? Even That's if... That's my decision. But... I'd like to hear yours. I'm relieved. If you'd taken any longer to make up your mind, I might have had to run back and marry my kidnapper. You, you wouldn't have really... Would you? No. I... I'd kill him, actually. You probably deserve to know that. 
I slid his throat right before I found you. It's funny, I spent almost a year listening to his every little worry, every attempt to woo me, to win me over. I think he wanted me to pity him. I did, after a while. I really knew him by the end of it. And then I slew him. You did that? To get back to me? I had no idea you'd be there. That was luck. Great luck. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic luck. I don't know what I'd do without you. Really? I love you. I know. And I love you too. I do. But I need you to be better than this. You may have needed some time to grieve, but you need to be fine without me. It's so hard to imagine you gone. You have a lot of love to give, Temujin. Your mother, me, this little thing. We're lucky to be on the receiving end of it. But don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way. I don't like where this is going. Tough, but I think I've earned it. Go ahead. Just because you love me doesn't mean you need me. That's not how this works. Of course I need you. Look what you managed without me. You rallied an army. You negotiated with Hans. You found us a place to stay while we recover. Jamuk was responsible for most of that. He helped, but only after you sought him out. I didn't even really... Listen. You don't need him. You don't need any of us. And I didn't need you to rescue me either. I have to learn to take care of myself, and I always will, no matter what. But you even think about pulling the silent treatment on me again. I've already killed one husband. You understand? <laughs> yeah, I understand. I did miss you. I missed you too. I know. Their child entered the world not long after. George, look at those hazel eyes. You couldn't open them any wider if you tried. You really are your mother's son. Our son. My son. I named you, George. Guest. We chose you. I haven't chosen many things in my life, but I'm choosing you. And I swear, George, every choice I make from here on out is for you. You were born to a world that isn't ready for you, but I'm going to fix that. All right? People... People can be cruel. They care about silly things like... Like who your dad is, who he isn't. They'd kill for it. And you don't even know what killing is yet. What am I talking about? You don't understand a word I'm saying. Do you?
I'm afraid. George, I'm afraid that people still aren't ready for you. I'm afraid I won't be able to change them in time. What else can I do? If I can't change the way they think... I'll find a way. I swear it, on Burhan Khaldun, on Tengri above, I will do whatever it takes to make the world right for you. So help me, whatever it takes. Jamuk, you want to see him? Did you settle on a name? George. Guest. Whose guest is he supposed to be exactly? Yours or mine? I don't know. A bit of both. Well, I'm honored you thought of me. It's hard not to while we're here. Hey, I'm ready to get to work. Your son was just born. You can take all the time you need to... No, it's to... about time I started earning our right to be here, Jamuk. I'd rest easier that way. All right then. I won't fight you on this. What's the first thing we need done? What, right now? Yeah. Try me. I have an idea. Another under ceremony. To formally introduce you to the world as my sworn brother and right-hand man. Let's do it. The festivities were just frivolous enough. Maybe a little more than that. But this was meant to be a statement. All the gold, all the noise, served to emphasize the words of the day. This man, Jamuk, is my sworn brother, and I am his. This man, Temujin, is to rule our great empire at my right hand. About the gifts. Beautiful, aren't they? Now don't get me wrong, I could always use a good belt. And all the gold doesn't hurt either. So this works out. It doesn't matter that both of these are technically from you. What's yours is now yours. Cherish it. I will. Here. And yours. And now, the spilling of blood. Your turn. Imagine a moment? Of course. I know you mentioned wanting to work, but his right hand? Life here has been good, hasn't it? It's been comfortable, sure. Well, this secures it. We've never needed comfort to be happy. Good, then. We have more than we need. We've never needed to serve anyone, either. I'm not serving, Jamuk. I'm ruling alongside him. As his right-hand man, that's not what you call your equal. What's wrong? Why can't you see that this is a good thing? You know I want the best for you. And I'm saying that's exactly what this is. We'll have power here. It's not about power. After everything you told me about serving Begder, I thought you'd never want to put yourself in that position again. You risked everything to be free of him. Jamuk is nothing like Bector. Bector was cruel. 
He didn't care about the lives of his people, his own family. I'd never submit myself to that ever again. And what would happen if you did? What then? Jamuk is my brother. So what? Brother! Sister! Enjoying the festivities? Jamuk, we were just talking about you. We were discussing his new position. If there were a higher honor to give, it would already be yours. And that'd be two honors in one day. Jamuk, you could afford to slow down. That is possibly the one thing I can't afford. I trust you've settled in nicely with Juchu? Our accommodations are perfect. You've really been too kind, Jamuk. Don't you worry. I'll be giving this one ample opportunity to work off his debt. Before then, follow me for a second, Temujin. Hello. So, um, who's this? This is something I think your family could use. He's a black-boned servant. He can help out with the animals, tend to Jochu, whatever you see fit. Ah, that's... Uh, what's his name? Call him whatever you'd like. But, but don't get too excited now. <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm grateful. It's just... Uh, I, I used to serve the slaves in my father's old tribe. Did I tell you about that? You mentioned you were brought into slavery, the very idea of which is still ludicrous to I me. I served them, the slaves. Maybe this will take some getting used to. Take your time with that. Tomorrow morning, we leave for the Ong Han's camp. It's time I showed you how a successful empire is run. Thank you, Jamuk. If I could ask... You may. How many black-boned people are there in this camp? I honestly don't know. More than you'd think. But it's not worth thinking about, Temujin. No. Yeah. You're right. Just... Rest. We'll be at the court by evening. And don't forget your... Uh... Ah, uh, yes. Come along. Um, hmm. There were warning signs that early on. I didn't pay them much heed. There was reason to celebrate. And I was still consumed by the sense of catharsis that comes with rewarded patience. My empire was nearing its end. It felt like it had just begun. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Jamuk! And, uh, Temujin, was it? 
Yes, great Han. At your pleasure. Wonderful. I sent for you to follow up on the uh, Mirkid issue. Our reports estimate roughly 300 of them were killed in our raid. We could have gotten more, but a sizable number fled when they saw us approaching. Mm, wonderful. Wasn't the point of the raid to rescue Borte? That's not how we sold it. I want to make sure their spirits remain, how shall we say, adequately crushed. Can you help me with that, Jamuk? Certainly. Sir, may I ask a question? You may. Do you hate the Merkid? Well, I don't hate anyone. You see, I'm a practicing Christian, and I make it a point to think of the best of those who have wronged me in the past, even if they kidnapped me into slavery for several long, pain-filled years, or any other such sin. It's important to forgive, you see. <laughs> My father's tribe did the same thing to me. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry it happens so often. It's exactly the kind of thing Jamuk and I are looking to put an end to. Careful, don't speak for the both of us. I appreciate the uh, sentiment, genuinely. But the current matter has nothing to do with my emotional disposition towards the Mirkin. Quite right. It is only quite simply the fact that they are a foul plague upon these lands and someone ought to put an end to their nonsense. Their attitudes and habits are poisonous. That's all. Not emotional in the slightest. Quiet! I mean it. What do you propose, Jamuk? They're spread out over too wide an area at the moment. So, routing them in one swoop, isn't an option. What's worse, if we drag out our fights for too long, they might use that momentum to gain support and rally more tribes against us. So we can't afford a skirmish. But I offer you an alternative. Fear. <laughs> Go on. A singular attack with a strong message. As a Christian, Ohan, you may not be aware of our people's belief in the unity of body and spirit. I am somewhat aware. You could refresh my memory. We believe that our spirits, our very essences, are one with our body, down to the way we smell. This is why we refrain from having blood spilled in close-range combat, why we stick to long-ranged battles and our arrows. It is, in its own way, a form of respect. Now, you asked me how we could break their spirits. I did. I say, we break their bodies. What? We round up a large enough group of their black-boned and lowest-born, and we tear them apart. We slice off their heads and limbs, and spread word of what happens to mere kid who step out of line. Only their lowest born. It's important we hurt them hard enough to send a message, but not to the extent that they would seek retaliation. No one would miss a herd of black-boned servants, though they would most certainly fear sharing their fate. Jamuk, I don't know. Now, Temujin. I, I don't know about you. this plan. You have doubts? Did he discuss them with you? Forgive us, Ong Han. It's his first time in a room like this. No, it's it's just... I mean, if we disagree with Merkid rule, 
why go after the lowest rungs? What would that really change? Why not do away with their decision-makers, the people most responsible for their poisonous disposition? Well, we... Is that possible? A targeted strike at their elite class? Not to my knowledge, Ong Khan. Unless Temujin knows something I don't. I'm only here to learn. For forgive me if I've overstepped my boundaries. Well... Ong Khan, do I have your permission to proceed? As always, Jamuk. Come here. You, you be careful of this Temujin. Make sure he knows his place. And you! You're a bright young man. Don't let him keep you down. Bless you both! Don't be strangers. What was that? I asked a couple of questions, that's all. I'm here to learn, right? There's asking questions, and, and then there's questioning me in my place of work. Our place of work? I had a plan. That you executed fine. The Ong Khan seems pleased enough. He always does. Until he doesn't. We don't want to toe that line. All right. All right. Do you trust me? Y yes, of course. Then you can trust that this was a learning experience for me. So you understand what I was suggesting just now? I understand it. But you don't agree? I don't know. Maybe I have more to learn. Maybe you do. But there's no better place for you to do that than by my side. Watching. Listening. Learning. I do believe that. Still. Are we done here? I'll meet you outside. I know what you might be thinking. That this... The moment of our first real disagreement marked the beginning of the end, that I never truly forgave Temujin for challenging me, much less in front of the Yong Han. This couldn't be further from the truth. The man in that room spoke of rooting out the heart of all evil, however unlearned he seemed to me at the time. That was not the voice of a scavenger. It was something more, something I had caught a glimpse of when we were still just boys. And once I had purged that transient feeling of shame, I was ecstatic. He and I continued making trips to the Ong Khan, conducting raid after successful raid on his behalf, further solidifying our place in the annals of history. I basked in that feeling. I cherished it knowing full well it would not last. I returned one night to news of treason. I almost shot him. Mm -hmm. I was one step away from my boat and he had followed me all the way back to my gear, peeking at me from the side, trying to get a look at my face. You'd never seen him before? He was black-boned, I could tell that much. Dressed in tatters, fidgety. The type of person with nothing to lose. The type of person with nothing to gain by hurting you. I know that. I mean, I know that now. It was instinct. But you didn't shoot. No. I hesitated. 
It's good that you still have your guard up. I don't know how you lived your whole life like this. I really can't imagine. You'll find out for yourself. How did you deal with it? You'll have to be more specific. You know, the feeling that every terrible thing beyond your control, that it could all happen again when you least expect it. You prepare. But how do you even... You can't actually prepare for any of it. Not really. But if you're going to be afraid, you might as well wring some motivated work out of it. Better than sitting around shivering anyway. Productive fear. Sure. And what did your poor Blackbone visitor want? Oh, it's a long story, but he wanted to share this dream. A vision? A dream. Describe it to me in as much detail as you can remember. Why? Can you explain it? We'll see. Okay, well. So, in his dream, there's a cow and an ox, each doing their own thing. The cow is circling Jamuk, who's in a cart. It starts ramming its horns into the cart and then Jamuk himself. And it breaks off one of its horns while doing this and moves with surprising eloquence. Give me my horn! Give me my horn! I see. Right? And the ox, it was either white or yellow, I can't remember. It takes Jamuk's cart and drags it to Temujin. This one moves. Heaven and earth agree that Temujin Khan should be the master of all nations. Fascinating. So you know what it means? The vision? Not at all. But it doesn't take a shaman to see that these black-boned men are fawning over your husband. I wonder what that means for us. It doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't. But... This is my productive fear, talking. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know about this situation with Jamuk. We can't live off of sentiment. Feelings change, and the last thing we need is to be thrown out onto the plains without horses or supplies. We wouldn't survive that. But if we chose to leave, we'd get to do it on our own terms. Jamuk has been a generous host so far. We're completely at his mercy. A mercy that has fed, clothed, and sheltered you through childbirth. It may be worth the risk. You're a mother now. Thanks for the reminder. The word risk should have a different meaning to you. Of course I want the best for Joach. Then you should know that the best you can hope for is his survival. No more than that, nothing is guaranteed. Not out there. If anyone should understand that, it's you. If you want freedom, we're all free to waste away on the plains. It's a freedom I'm familiar with. I fought all my life not to lose any more children. And I'm tired, Bote. I understand. Temujin does seem happy here, too. But you're not, are you? As they chattered away in their tent, I was given a rough sketch of their deceit from my men stationed nearby, of plans to steal off in the night, of false prophecies, and of their deep-seated distrust. That 
at least, had proved mutual. I knew that I would have to confront this now or risk losing everything. No more beating around the bush. Ladies! Chamuk, what a pleasant surprise. Drop the act. What are you saying? Give me my horn! Give me my horn! So you've heard about the dream? I find the part where I'm stabbed to death by a cow rather tasteless. I never said otherwise. I need you to answer me honestly. You'll agree I deserve that much? Of course. Have you, at any time, plotted against me? Why would I? A plot against you is a plot against Temujin. Have you, or have you not, conspired for him to usurp my rule? I've done no such thing, I assure you. <laughs> Jamu, you're scaring me. This is our gear. And- this is my gear. You slander my name, conspire against me, and lie to my face, all in my own property? You said you had given it to us. Let me be clear. If you try anything, if you steal from me or my people, or wrong me in any way whatsoever, family or no, I will not hesitate to put you to death. And what do you think you're saying? Now you listen to... You listen to your mother. Have you lost your mind? I can see clearly what's going on here. Barging into the house of your sworn brother's wife, threatening to kill her. This is something you're doing with your wits about you. Not kill. I... 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 I think I've made myself clear. I leave you to your privacy. Jamu. What? Because I'm so grateful. I won't tell Temujin what you said tonight. I don't owe you a thing. No. We're even. There was no coming back from that. She would remain quiet, yes, but the instability. That was the end of that dreamlike state. That fantasy that everything might turn out all right. Just this once, I'm not proud of how deeply this unsettled me. What happened next was perhaps a tragedy of poor timing. Temujin came to see me later that very night, after the incident at his wife's gear. Gotcha. What? Not sure if I can still redeem that hunting lesson. No. No, forgive me. I'm a little on edge tonight. What is it? I was wondering if I could talk with you. What about? These past couple of months have been unlike anything else, Jamuk. If you're here to thank me, I've already told you there's no Actually, I've brought some proposals. I've been doing what you said, just watching and... Listening, I think I've picked up on some areas where we could be doing better. Oh, have you? Yes. Excuse me. Uh, Hadan. Sir. This is... Uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, Hadan is the man you suggested I employ. Employ? He tried his hands at a number of things. And we've discovered that he's an excellent cook. It doesn't hurt that he loves doing it. Here, he's brought some snacks for you. 
Enjoy. So, you have your slave cooking for you. That's good. More than that, we've discovered what he's good at. I wouldn't discount the work of a good chef. <laughs> My father was poisoned, you remember? Now, the work he's been doing has justified a higher quality of life than we had initially afforded him. You have a point? I think. Maybe we've been going about this all wrong. If by we, you mean century after century of steppe mongol. Yeah, I do. I've been thinking a lot about our plan to change the world, Jamuk, and it just seems like hewing strictly to tradition isn't the quickest way to do it. What do you propose then? Restructuring our society. Ground up. Screen people for skill, not bloodlines. Have people that we trust do what they're good at, instead of rewarding layabouts for popping out of the right wombs, calling them... White-boned? Aristocrats? Yes. Temujin, this is yes? ludicrous. I can't believe this. What can't you believe? What did I tell you? Your first day here. We have one thing going for us. One thing that will keep this empire from the brink of collapse, where all others have failed. Tradition. Tradition. Tradition means white bones and black bones. It means the hundreds of aristocrats whose influence keeps your family safe in this camp. It means your slave whose cooking has you so euphoric? I'm trying to say, maybe he shouldn't be my slave. I'd gladly take him off your hands. I have many more suggestions, Jamuk. If you'd like to hear them... Try me. Okay, I think we need to clamp down on the exchange of women as goods to be traded and totally outlaw kidnapped brides. Oh, I, see. I think our people should be free to worship however they choose. What you're suggesting... That isn't a Mongol empire. I got all this from our time together, Jamuk. From the meetings with the Ong Khan, from talking with the people in the camp, from... You learned wrong! From the way you treated me. When I had nothing. When I was nothing. Other people deserve that chance. They won't be as lucky as I am to have someone like you swoop in and fix their lives for them. You said you saw nobility in me. Why not him? Oh, nobility? In this? Yes, I see it now. That's why you've got him all dressed up, isn't it? Even nicer than you. What are you doing? I believe a man is what he wears. What do you think, Hadan? Respond. I... No, you don't have to respond. Are you more a man than your master? No. There! Now you look your part. As if you look yours. Found your voice, have you? You heard me. <laughs> Quite the tongue on this one. As ill-fitting as his robe was. You wouldn't. I'm not afraid of you. He's forgotten why he should be. Let me teach you. This has gone too far, Jamuk. I agree!
I had to. <laughs> oh, Temujin. What? During our next visit to the Onghan, wait outside is court for me. You can't be serious. Whatever is in your system, you need to let it pass. I'm sorry, Jamuk, but I refuse. We are in this together. You are my right-hand man. Remember that. I see. Don't take it too hard. You have a lot left to learn. Sure. Good night, Temujin. I'll see you, Jamuk. And there it was. The end. Temujin walked into Borte's tent. Instantly, I scrambled my personal guard, had them on standby, just in case. I stood watch all night, waiting waiting for him to prove the worst part of me right. Sure enough, in the dead of night, barely visible to the world, Temujin moved his family and as many of his animals as he could tow along off into the distant plains. And as they trudged along in this dark and dreary pilgrimage of theirs, the most remarkable thing happened. Others around them, hearing the shuffling outdoors, noticing who it was that was leaving, scrambled to follow. Can you imagine? I would later learn the exact answer to Temujin's question of just how many black-boned members of my tribe there were. They sauntered slowly enough that a team of my best archers had time to set up a perimeter around them. Unseen, steady aim. Within seconds, I could have laid waste to them. The edge of my lips itched, ever so ready to speak those few words that would have protected everything. I spent my life building three words. Kill them all. And the world would be mine. Heavens, that moment refused to end. The choice lingering. Offering itself up again and again and again and each time. The end result was the same. Mark this. I allowed Temujin to live, fully aware of everything I had given to him. A man with an ambition that I had personally seen to stoking, with resources that, that I helped him cultivate, with people who had once pledged their loyalty to me. 
Here were the seeds of your proud Mongol empire. And there I was, the gardener, lost in the weeds. Are you done? It sounds like you're done. I have more to say. The war, my title, the people who called me Gurhan. But you don't have the time to say it. Take a look. The sun's almost up. Ah. Are you satisfied? You're asking if I think you're any less of a monster. I'll admit I was hoping. Tell me, one last time, what do you expect will happen at dawn? I think I've said. I'll have full command of your troops, land of my own. In simple terms, you have nothing to gain from pride now. And nothing left to lose, yeah, sure. Your Han and I, we didn't part on bad terms. It was his wife and mother. They capitalized on a moment of insecurity before he and I had the chance to talk things out further. It wasn't his choice. So you think? I know he wanted us to rule as equals back then. And I have been careful, even in the height of our decades-long tiff, not to put him in any real danger on my account. He'll have noticed that. Let's say that Genghis Khan takes you back with loving arms. Because I've earned it. Sure. What's left to say? Huh? Unless you still think your hatred supersedes his authority? I don't hate you. There you go. How could I? It sounds like you had no idea what you were doing. It's pathetic. I did what I had to do. Just like your Chinggis Khan. I hear he's got more teeth on him now than he's ever had. You met my grandfather once. You, you may not remember him. You tossed his torso into a cauldron and strapped his head to the back of a stampeding horse. Look me in the eyes and tell me that was necessity. I only did that to Blackbone Shepherd. How do you feel right now, knowing that your care depends utterly on an inferior piece? So Chinggis Khan has his lowborns doing big boy work. You can keep calling me names. Quite honestly, I couldn't care less. There's no happy ending for you here, Jamuk. See what your Han thinks. You want to try co-ruling an empire founded by the people you mistreated? It's like you said. There are a hundred ways an empire can crumble. What the people think? That won't matter if they're given an order. The people matter to him. That's why he still has any. I matter to him. So you'd have him choose between you and his empire. He'd, he'd make it work. If you really loved Genghis Khan, maybe you'd be a little less keen to bring him down with you. None of this would have been possible without me. 
Maybe so. I was good to them too. I, I was good. You didn't care about any of them. Not really. That's what you think? That's what everyone thinks. Everyone? Yeah. And they really love him, do they? Almost as much as they hate you. I do have a question. Not a taunt? What a refreshing change of pace. Why, why tell me all this? Because it wasn't to prove that Shingis Khan loves you. What other reason could I have? I don't think you were doing this for me. There was still time for a little more, wasn't there? It made your point. Maybe so, but... There was time. I could have... This was Act 4 of Temujin, an audio drama. Written, directed, and composed by Roshan Singh, with sound design and audio engineering by Nathaniel Ma. This episode featured Aditya Karkara as Jamuk, Ziad Bagarib as Temujin, Avanya Handoyo as Borte, Scott Chua as the Ong Han, Bettina Chua as Oilun, Kevin Lowe as Hadan, and Vivek Ganesh as The Guard. Our executive producer is Amabold, and our producers are Kodza Hao and Emma Grimley. Temujin, an audio drama, was made possible with the generous support of Yale and U.S. College, the Mongolian Embassy in Singapore, Creatives in Spirit, and all of our crowdfunding backers. Welcome. You've got Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can all... <coughs> hey, holy... Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.